I've shared with several over the last three or four days, and especially this morning with some of the men, I don't think that any of us, or most of us, I shouldn't say any, really, really take to heart what this day is all about. There's a lot of important things that happen in the world and a lot of important things that happen in the life of Jesus, but nothing was more important than Easter, His resurrection. The Bible says in Mark 16, 6, Mark 16, 6, it says, Do not be alarmed, He said, talking to the ladies. He says, You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. Think of that. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Not only is he not here, you can see for yourself that he's not here. The birth was extremely important. If Jesus never come, he could never have died. The death was extremely important. He took our sins to the cross. With those two most important things, there was yet a missing element, and that was, would this man live or would he be dead forever? And we know that he lives. He is not here. He has risen. Today, as I share this message, I want to walk through just a few of these things. And then if you're here today, and Easter is a time that you go to church, but you don't think about him very often. If you're here today and you've never trusted him, to be your Savior and your Lord, I want to tell you, you're in the right place. The Bible is very pointed, not only in the fact that Jesus is the only way, it's very pointed in the way that we get to Him, and that's as God troubles us. We call it as Baptist conviction, don't we? And we respond to Him by accepting His invitation for us to be a part of His forever family. Part of that acceptance is acknowledging that we're sinners. Asking Him to cleanse us, to forgive us for the sin in our life. Salvation is not walking the aisle and shaking the preacher's hand. It's not in answering three or four questions. It's not in praying. It's in repentance. When we come to Him believing, trusting, and accepting Him for who He is. With that, and this is what I want all of you to hear, comes responsibility. We can't work our way into heaven. We'll never be good enough. We'll never have enough money. We can never be all the things that we may think would help us get there because we would come short. That's why God sent His Son to die on a cross taking our sins that we might be saved and saved forever. Now let me say something about that before I get in the message. This is a prelude. We Baptists believe the Bible where it says that once we're saved, we're always saved. Once you're saved, you can't be lost. 
that not only did Jesus die for our sin, He died for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Now listen to this very carefully. That is not a license to sin. You can join every Baptist church in the Southern Baptist Convention, every independent, every other of the numbers of Baptists there are, but that will not save you. The only thing that will save you is a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the important question that each of us has to answer for ourselves today. Was there a time when I came to grips with my lostness and I understood that without Jesus I was eternally headed for hell to be there forever? But yet He has paid a price that gives me the opportunity to be a part of His forever family. He didn't have to do it for me. He didn't have to do it for you. But He did because of God's love. You see, in, in Ephesians 1, 3, and 4, Jesus was before the earth was formed. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with ever spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. He saw us before the earth was ever formed. There's so much of God that our little finite minds cannot really grasp, but that's the love that He has for us. God is so knowledgeable of everything. The sovereign God of the universe, He knew every one of us would be here this morning. He knew every pew that we'd be sitting in. He knew every thought that we would have. He knew that I would be in this pulpit. He knew what I would say it before I ever say it. That's the awesome God that we serve. And listen, those of us who profess to know Jesus, if we really know Him, then we will want to live for Him and be what He's called us to be. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus knew us. God in His timing sent him, and he came to this world as a baby. He didn't come out of the heavens like he will again with where everyone can see him. He came as a tiny baby placed in a little manger in the stall with animals. God with us. The Bible says in Luke 2.11, in Luke 2.11, he says, listen, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Not only is He our Savior who are saved, He is our Lord. And, and, and listen, some of you don't even know who I am other than He's the preacher that's up there this morning. But folks, I want you to hear what I'm saying. It's out of love. If you claim to be saved, and He means no more to you than a little bit of time in your life, then you need to do one of two things. You either repent and get on board and accept the Lordship of Christ doing what He's told us to do. If you love me, keep my commandments. Do those things that I've told you to do. And if we 
claim to be saved, then we ought to want to live the way God has chosen for us to live. Can anybody say amen to that? It's what we ought to be doing. And I'm saying this out of love, folks. Listen, every one of us are going to stand before the Lord. Every one of us are going to give an account of our lives to the Lord. And we may think it's out there and, and somewhere it'll be okay. We're not, those of us who are saved, it's not going to be whether we go to hell or heaven. That's taken care of through the blood of Jesus. When we trusted Him, that's settled. But there will be an accounting day for our lives. And I think that every one of us in this building today who claim Christ as Savior and Lord would want to Him say whenever that time comes for us to go to be with Him when death enters into our life or the rapture comes, should we live till it comes, that we'll hear from His uh, very lips, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Wouldn't you hate, I would sure hate for Him to stand me up in front of the world and, and I'm going to use a term we all understand, dress me down for being so disobedient and so willing to just, uh, without regard to Him, violate the very things He's told us to do. He came. He was born. Then He died. And we can talk about that. We, we, we know that that was on Good Friday, wasn't it? He gave His life for us in Luke uh, chapter 23, verse 46. This is what the Bible says in Luke 23, 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father... With a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. He died. He said on that cross, John says he said it is finished, didn't he? He did everything that needed to be done for us to celebrate this Resurrection Sunday with excitement and joy in our hearts and in our lives because we can live and we who are saved know we'll live forever. Think about that. We don't have to worry about death. We don't have to worry about hell for ourselves because if we know Jesus as our Savior and Lord, then we have been taken care of. We've been sealed to be delivered to Him. What a privilege it is to be a part of God's forever family. Now, I've said some things to those of us who are saved. Let me say to you here today who may never have come to a place in your life where you've trusted Jesus. You may have joined a church somewhere, some of you may have. You may have gone through different kinds of studies and said, man, I feel good about myself. But I'm talking about where you came to grips with your sin and you acknowledged that sin and you asked God to have mercy on you to forgive you for those sin and to come and live in you. And when he, you ask Him to do that, the Holy Spirit immediately comes to live in us and greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. So He gives us the power to live the life that we should live for Jesus. We can't live it in the flesh. We'll never make it in the flesh. He knew that. That's why He gave us the gift. How He gave us His Holy Spirit to give us that strength. That's why He said to all of us, There is no temptation that's come your way, but with that temptation, I have made a way for you to escape. Let me tell you something, folks. Listen to me. If you're here and lost today, the greatest thing that you'll ever do in your entire life is acknowledge that you are lost and you want to be saved. You're willing to be saved. You're willing to acknowledge your sin. You're willing to turn from your sin. You're willing to let Him be not only your Savior, but Lord of your life. 
So many times we in the pulpit leave the impression if you'll just come down and if you'll just come down here today and, and invite Jesus into your heart, then everything's going to be okay and we never see people again. They live their life out thinking everything's okay without us talking about the responsibility that comes with being a part of God's forever family. It's not just I'm a part of the church. It's a part of God's forever family. God has responsibility for His family members just like we in our earthly families have responsibility for our family members. Amen? So we need to accept that. We need to understand that. And we need to understand that God is, yes, a God of mercy, a God of love, but He's also a God of wrath. He's a God who disciplines His children. And if you're here today and you haven't lived where He have you to live and you profess to be saved, you got your name on the church roll somewhere and you're just going down the four lane or the six lane highway just enjoying life, that broad road and thinking nothing's going to happen. There's one or two things wrong. Number one, you're going to run into a brick wall because discipline's coming your way. But if you go on and on and on then there is no discipline, it says, if the Bible's true and I believe every word of it is, then you have missed the mark Somewhere you didn't really give your heart and your life to Jesus because he says he disciplines those who are his children. And he's not going to let us just live out there and do anything and everything we want to do and bring dishonor and shame to him and get by with it. Somewhere we'll pay a price. And we all need to understand that. It is as simple as that. And, and this may not be the real gushy, gushy, gooey, gooey, God loves everybody and you love everybody and God is love all the time, all the time. God is love, He is. But there's a lot of other attributes about God as well and we need to learn to recognize those. I want to share something with you. I put these clothes on. Most of you know I preach just regular old clothes most of the time, but I put this on today. And as I got thinking about what I was going to wear today, I was thinking about the cross. I was thinking about Jesus and what he's done for me. You know what? I looked at this coat and I thought, that's what I was, just black as I could be. Sin in my life. It was so black. And then he went to the cross and shed his blood for me, didn't he? And you know what happened because of that? Now I'm as pure and as white as snow. Now you see, that doesn't mean anything probably to you all, but it represents that to me today. It's a glorious thing because what's out here, he cleaned up in here and it just worked its way down from the dark to the red to the white. That Now I'm free in him. So we carry on and we ask ourselves about the resurrection. And we know how important it is. Let me just say it again without reading the whole verse. It says, he has risen. Do you believe that today with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit? I'm going to tell you there's people who don't. Let me share this was going on. And Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 beginning with verse 17 and going through the first part of verse 20. Listen what Paul had to say about it. This is how important the resurrection is. Paul said, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all you have died believing in Christ was lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Now listen to what he says in the next verse. But in fact, get that, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. So don't let anybody ever try to convince you that he doesn't live and he lives today and he lives in and through us because we've given our heart, mind, and soul to Jesus. So Paul then wrote to the Roman church and he said as we see the day approaching or as we grow older, as we come near the end, this is what he said in Romans chapter 13 
beginning with verse 11. Romans chapter 13, beginning with verse 11. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Rome, and especially those of us who are saved today. This is what God expects out of us. Listen, this is all the more urgent for you to know how late it is. Paul said you need to recognize that, that time is running out, folks. It's running out for all of us. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. That's coming to every human being who's ever walked on the face of this earth. That time is coming. All of us here today look at ourselves and think we've got a while to live, and we may. Nobody knows that time. But I'm going to tell you something. I know this from walking through the cemeteries over the years that I've pastored. There is no assurance that we're going to live to be in a certain age because there's graves there from the day they were born to up over a hundred years and everything in between. And I will almost guarantee you, take those little ones out who didn't understand life and death, many of those people are who are in those graves today never had a clue that their last breath would be taken the day that it was. So it's important that we understand that the time is short, it's what Paul's saying. Uh, Wake up, he says, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. It doesn't mean that we don't have salvation. We're moving toward that end of it, aren't we? We're moving toward heaven is what he's saying. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. He's saying to us, put off those dirty things that are out there. Put off those ungodly things that you're doing is what he's saying to the church. Put on Christ. Let people see Jesus in you. And then he goes on and clarifies it a little bit. He says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? He says don't do these things. Listen, if you're saved and you're living in one of these things today, you know, we think we can get by with it. We're not getting by with anything, folks. I want you to hear me. I'm saying it because I love you. I don't want to see you go through discipline. I don't want to see God have to get a hold of you and really turn you every way but loose. I'm begging you today, live for Jesus. Put Him first place in your life. Let Him have His way in your life. Do what He's called you to do. Look at your life. Look in the mirror and see yourself. Look over your shoulder and see Jesus looking in there with you. And ask yourself, am I pleasing Him in how I'm living? So important. He goes ahead and says, Instead, clothe yourself, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in evil desires. Don't even let them have root in your mind. They come, get rid of them, say, Lord, take it from me instantly. Because if you let it lay there and linger there, before long it's liable to move into something. I got a thing yesterday, a pastor that, he's not Southern Baptist, although I don't, I, they're Baptists, they don't call themselves that anymore. They're a, 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 the river or something's the name of their church. They're in another state. And this guy, I mean, Peggy and I went to hear him preach a few years ago. We were there in that state. Tremendous day that day. That church has grown and grown now to where they have three or four satellites. Guess what? He lingered like David lingered. His ministry for him is gone. Folks, when we linger and allow sin to get into our hearts and our lives, 
We may think everything is okay out here in the world, but you know what we're doing? We're destroying our witness with Jesus. Then we have no complaint what anybody says about us because we've already opened ourselves up for the world to say whatever they want to say about us. Where are we living with Jesus today? You see, the Bible says in Luke 13, 3, and I guess the question I'd ask before I read this, are you saved? I started out with that. I'm going to come back to that. Are you saved? Only you know whether you're saved or not. I talked to a man down in Trigg County where I pastored a uh, few years ago, and one of the young men, I haven't even told Peggy this, one of the young men that I told Peggy sometimes I wonder about him, and I'll just be honest with you, sometimes as a pastor and I watch people's lives and I see God doing nothing, I wonder whether they really know Jesus or not. And I pray that if they don't, they will. I pray that about my own family members. But I thought about him, well, guess what? He got in some trouble and he came and acknowledged that he had been a member of that church since he was a little boy, but he had never been saved. And made a profession of faith, wanted to be baptized because he knew he'd never been saved. And the man told me, now, you can't find anybody more committed in doing in the short term. It hadn't been that many months ago, but at sometimes people sit in the pew who were talked into going forward, especially when we were young and going because it's the thing to do. And we know in our heart that there was never a moment in our life where we said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Clean me up. Forgive me for my sin. So here's what it says in Luke 13, 3. I tell you not, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Repentance is the key to it. Acknowledging we're lost. And then in Luke 23, 39 through 43, and I want to show you something. We talk about, how many of you think about the, the thief that was crucified with Christ when they hung on that cross and Jesus told him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We talk about that, and, and that's truth. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I believe people can be saved on their deathbed. I've, I saw one man and, that did that, and I, I believe that. But I'm going to tell you something. You're foolish to put it off to your deathbed. I can tell you that for a fact. But listen to what the Bible says in Luke 23, beginning at verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Now one of the other gospels says both of them did that, doesn't it? But in this one, Luke particularly says this one, the one is left. So some things transpired there. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Now I want you to notice something right there about the man on the cross. What did he do? He repented, didn't he? He acknowledged his sin. He said, I'm getting my just due. This man does it. Repentance is the key to it, folks. Please remember that. People must repent of their sin. And then he goes on and says, Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, where is Jesus? He's at the Father's right hand, right? Then where's paradise? Where Jesus is. Where's God? That's where Jesus is. Where's that thief on the cross? He's where Jesus is. Where's your mother, daddy, son, daughter, brother, sister, kinfolks, friends, and all that have died in Christ? Where are they? They're with Jesus. Amen? That's where we are. Do you know Jesus today? Andrew's going to come and get ready for our hymn of response. He and